0: Everyone, hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here in dining room Studios with Stevie Ryan.
1: Hello, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. I can't believe you even wanted me
0: back. I w- it was a really good episode. You were on the show uh, in November of two thousand and fourteen, so we figured it out about a year and a half ago. Um, so I'm excited to catch up with you and find out what's going on with you now. But I have to say, you're so beautiful and you're so like Thank you. well put together. Is this how you Thank look you. anytime you leave the house? Because if so, if that, if it took, what I was going to say was about to sound like a backhanded insult, which it was, it was going to sound, what I was going to say was if it took that much to leave the house, I would never leave the house. Not, and I'm not saying that you have a like so much going on. I'm just saying that
1: I basically want to live in sweatpants. Okay. I agree with you on this. Usually I don't leave the house. That's why when I do leave the house, I actually get ready. Okay. But for most, the most part, no, I don't get totally ready every day. I actually got ready today because I had to. This is just so terrible. Um I'm putting together a baby shower right now. That's not terrible. It's it's or it, maybe it is it's terrible in the sense of that it's like it's so stressful and i don't know what to do because i don't have a baby mm-hmm. and i just it's the first shower i've ever thrown but anyway i had to have like a baby shower meeting so i had to get ready and get serious but um you know what usually i do ballet in the mornings you do i do yeah. and then i'm just in disgusting sweaty ballet clothes in a like dirty bun for the rest of the day probably getting a yeast infection mm. what are disgusting sweaty ballet clothes okay like a, like a it's matted like, tutu it's basically like a five-year-old clothes where you're <laughs> in tights literally <laughs> right. tights and um a leotard and like a ballet skirt but not a mm-hmm. tutu just like a, sh- a chiffon skirt. right wow yeah um are you on point i'm not on point yet However, I've been told I could be on point, but I'm like, no, dude, I've only been doing this for almost a year, and I want my point shoes to be like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be like, everybody, I'm gonna be on point. I need a Snapchat this, <laughs> I need to like Instagram it, like, then right. I'll be the real deal when I I'm think on point.
0: It's really a rite of passage for
1: ballerinas. It so is. That's why I feel like I wanna really nail it and know all of the basics and the fundamentals before I decide to go on point right because it's like you know it's like when people come up to you and they go like i have an idea for a tv show <laughs> that you should write where it's like that's like me being like i'm gonna go on point where mm-hmm. it's like no 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 you can't just do that you need to work your way up to it there's you have to learn a lot do you, you think know? the other ballerinas would like look at you funny if you just put yourself
0: on point and hang on jeff do you know what we're talking about toe shoes i
2: toe have shoes. no idea what you're talking about <laughs> really I thought being on point, I've heard it referenced in kind of business.
1: Like in life. Mm. In
2: life. And I think that it is referencing whatever it is that you're talking about.
1: It is. Is is it? I never thought about that. In my brain it is. Okay. Like your life is on point or like you're on point. Like girl, your podcast is on point. Mm. I think it's like you've worked so hard and like you know exactly what you're doing. You earn this. You're on point right now with this.
2: So this, I'm guessing this has something to do with motorcycle carburetors.
0: <laughs> no? I didn't, I didn't Am I close? relate the something like your clothes or like the, your trend, you're on trend or on point. I did not relate that to point shoes, which are, you know what toe shoes are though, right? You have. Probably not.
2: Absolutely not.
0: Oh,
1: really? I knew it. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, educate him. Okay. Point shoes are just the shoes that you see, like in every person's picture on their wall or any ballerina photo that you see on the wall, where it's the ballerina shoes and they're up on their toes. And they walk on their toes. Like a real ballerina. They
2: just look like little slippers, right?
1: They're like slippers, but you're actually up on On your your toes. toes. Right. Okay. But to get there, first you do demi point, which is half point. So your foot is – here's your foot. You're up like this because you have to build the strength in your feet in order to be up like this. When
0: Mm -hmm. you do demi point, is that just in regular regular ballet slippers that don't have
1: the hard – Talk. Yeah, it's just canvas or, like, leather ballet slippers that are very flexible. Mm-hmm. But it kills. It still kills. Demi Point, it's hard.
2: So, so Point, it would be the equivalent of when Richard Petty won his 200th NASCAR victory, correct? Yes. Okay. Thank you for translating that. Exactly. I get, it. I get it.
1: Or it's like basketball. It's like, you can't just dunk. I mean, maybe you can if you're, you know, six seven mm-hmm. and you can just fucking dunk. But for the most part... Like, you got to know the game and the basics, and then you can dunk on some bitches. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then you're on point in your game.
2: And that's when you can dunk on bitches. Yeah. Okay.
0: Then I would imagine, though, so I was talking to my husband's aunt because she was on point for years. And I it's was saying, fancy. does it get to a point where, there's that word again, where it doesn't hurt? And she's like, yes, it doesn't hurt. And I was thinking, how, how can it be that it doesn't hurt to walk on your toes? One other dancer thing. I remember there were these two girls um, that I went to school with, and they were both very into ballet and they were both on point and they could just walk around even, even not in toe shoes. They could just walk around on the tips of their toes. Yeah. That's a cool party trick to have.
1: It's very cool. It's easy actually to do in converse. If you want to just try it, you won't break break your ankle. But, um, I feel like your husband's aunt might be lying because – It was years ago. What I've been told, like my teachers or instructors, they're like, this never gets easy. It will always hurt. You will always be suffering. You'll always die in this class. It's never fun. It doesn't sound fun at all. It doesn't (laughs) sound fun, but there's something really fulfilling about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Did you dance growing up? I didn't. I just started this. Uh, and it was so humiliating. It was the most humiliating experience of my life, but for some reason, I guess that's why I loved it.
0: What made you decide to try it? Cause you look like, I, I know I'm talking about your looks so much. It's very sexist of me, but you look like someone who would dance cause you're little.
1: Thank you. But you you t- are my best friend for <laughs> real. Um, you know what? I, uh, I've i always wanted to be a dancer. And what actually made me do it was that I was doing Pilates uh, for some terrible reason. And I was like, why am I trying to be the best at Pilates? This makes no sense. This sucks. But the teachers used to always say, you look like a dancer. Do you dance? And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to be a fucking dancer. I am going to be a dancer. I want to be a ballerina just because my like five-year-old girl brain mm. wants that. So, where do you
0: go to get your dancer garb? Do they still have Capizio stores? They
1: do. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yes. Uh, they have Capizio stores. There's a dance store on Robertson. Mm. And uh I really just buy online where it's the cheapest. But like <sighs> Betsy Johnson just started designing really? dance clothes with Capizio. So there's this whole like subculture dance clothes world weirdness
0: this is making me want to get back into it because do i it. took dance classes when i was a little kid and then i think when's the last time i did the, oh when i worked at the oc weekly i convinced my co-workers to take a tap dancing class <gasps> with me
1: i did tap a really? few years ago so i do love tap it's pretty fun it's amazing
0: yeah Um, I feel like the whole dance world is a rite of passage that young girls go through, much like horseback riding as well. But it wouldn't take long for me to get back into it. You see the ease with which I talk about it.
1: (laughs) I would totally say get back into it. Are you interested in ballet or you would do tap? Do they even still have jazz classes? You know what? They have jazz classes. A lot of the girls that go to my studio do jazz, but I just don't know where it's at.
0: I would do ballet. I just feel like it's L.A. So no, is, is
1: like, I feel like I'd be like the ugliest no. duckling. in. Oh, my class. God. No, no, no. First of all, there's like 80 year old women in there. It's awesome. Really? And they're like, everyone is very cool. There's a few like dancy bitches, you know, but like, <laughs> whatever. We can live without you. It's very small. Um, but no, you would be happy. And trust me, you first of all. You could never be the ugliest person oh, in the room. Oh, you But stop. second of all, you would fit right in. And there's a workshop. So if you've never done ballet or you're getting back into it and you're new to it, they have these little workshops that you do for a few weeks. That way when you go into the open classes, you're not insecure and like dying. Mm. But if you want to get into it, please do. And I'll give you all the information because okay. I think you'd like it. Oh, that just reminded me. I took
0: this class when I think I was in high, was I in high school or like eighth grade I don't know I don't know but it was this fairly big dance studio and they had a bunch of classes and it felt almost like choosing a class at the gym like it wasn't really a program it wasn't like like I imagine what I took when I was a little kid Right, sort of like you kind of you know you do this class and this class it was just like you just choose a class and go so everyone was sort of lined up against the bar or the mirror or whatever and then the the teacher showed us the moves and then in pair no just one by one we would just like do it across the room right i had no idea what anyone was doing so i just freestyled it was that sounds kind of awesome actually hugely embarrassing and very uncomfortable but i i I give myself props for doing it. (laughs) I give you props and I would have
1: applauded you. Thank you. But I could
0: not keep up with all the various moves. And everyone seemed to know them.
1: I think the class was too advanced for me. See, that's where I was when I first started. Or uh, I did the beginning classes. And then when I went into the open classes, I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) These are real dancers. Like, I'm drowning. But six months later, I was like, move. Let me in. I'm going to the front of the line, everybody. I know exactly what I'm doing. And I still suck, but I just, I love it. But I have to say, it has made all the difference in my depression. Really? Like, surprisingly, I mean, it's the one thing that I've done that has, like, made me want to get out of bed. And they say like exercise will make you feel better for like a week. Then it's fucking boring. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever been on a treadmill without a TV? Or if you forget your uh iPhone or your iPod, it sucks, dude. Yeah. And one hour takes three years. Whereas in dance, you get such a good workout and it's an hour and a half class and you didn't even like you don't even realize that you just worked out basically for an hour and a half. How frequently do you do it? i try to do it every day but at least five times a week
0: wow and it really makes you want to get out of bed oh my god i'm so addicted to
1: it for <laughs> some terrible I reason Jeff, i can't even fathom there's like and it's weird because at first i was like oh this is just me because i have so many like mental problems and i'm just so sad and pathetic that like ballet made me feel better okay whatever no 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 I, I don't feel like that i've made really really great friends in there surprisingly because there's a lot of young women um Oddly enough, everyone's kind of a stoner in there too, which you don't really, I wouldn't imagine. You wouldn't that. put no. weed and ballerinas together, Mm-mm. but they, they seem mix, like the opposite. They mix very well. Um, <laughs> but even in there, when, once I started talking to the girls and getting to know them, I would say like, yeah, this, you know, it's really helped my depression. And they're like, oh my gosh, me too. This is why I come all of the time for my depression. So it's just, uh, I don't know. There's something that's very fun about it. Wow. And you see yourself get better too, which is interesting, which you don't see with exercise. You're never fucking lifting weights and being like, I'm lifting this weight so much better than I did six months ago. Like, no. I think, I think for women,
0: it is hard to see those. changes in the gym I went I was working out with a trainer and I was super into it for a little while I have not this is the first time I've announced on the podcast that I don't I don't work out with him anymore um my life changed Uh but I not that not that it matters but for people who knew because I used to mention it from time to time and then I was like I'm that person who's mentioning this way too much so I'm going to stop mentioning it um but my husband still goes to him and I think for a a man, it's just when you're lifting weights, you notice your body changing. But for us, it's not really like that.
1: No. For a woman, you work out, nothing happens. Like you sweat and you ruin your hair. (laughs) For a man... They literally work out for two minutes and they go and eat a pizza and they lose 25 pounds. Right. Like it just comes off of them. Mm-hmm. Not for women.
0: Yeah. But for a while though, I was finding that it was helping with depression and it was kind of giving me a reason to get out of bed in the morning and I was super into it. And then a bunch of things happened and it just sort of stopped having that effect on me. Um, But actually in the midst of all that, someone sent me an email asking about, this about like working out with a trainer and my thoughts about that. And I sent back this email kind of singing the praises of it. And just today I was like, I want to go back and read that email because I suspect if I read it, I'd be like, Oh, I was in a cult. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> yeah, I was brainwashed. more different, which is not to say I don't believe in exercise and I don't believe in fitness and I don't believe in all that. But I just, there was a spurt where it was like my entire reason for being. And then that I just don't either that can't be sustained or, because of my lifestyle, which currently involves a lot of i v f and hormones and stopping and starting, like I couldn't sustain it. I don't know how long did you do it for um from for- about six months?
1: whoa, that's actually a really long time,
0: yeah, and you know there are things that I got out of it that I still carry with me in life, um, like just sort of when something is scary and overwhelming, just trying to slow down and breathe and just do that just one step at a time and not like not get overwhelmed with like there's no way I can do this for x amount of minutes you know just do the immediate next thing so that and I think the some of the strength I'd like to think I kept with me I don't know which is it that you don't lose do you lose Uh, strength or muscle no you lose muscle for sure so I think your strength you keep right hopefully I'm not very strong But maybe I'm a touch stronger than I was. I don't know.
1: But you're out of it now. Like you're out of the cult.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am. Now I'm back to just just riding riding the exercise back here. And soon I will
1: be dancing. I really am telling you it's awesome. And you know what? With dancing, I didn't do it to change my body or Mm -hmm. anything. I just did it because I wanted to. And then it was making me feel better. But it wasn't until recently, like, almost a year later where I've noticed my body has completely changed. Like my clothes fit me totally different and not like, oh my God, I lost so much weight. I'm so skinny. No, it's just my body is just uh, shaped a little differently. Like oddly enough, my hips just have a little mm-hmm. less uh girth to them, which I enjoy. Did your hips ever have girth? They did. I don't buy to it. You, they probably didn't. But to me and my body dysmorphia okay. they definitely oh, do you, did. you
0: play gal chat not the song just the drop uh-oh gal Chats. do you have body dysmorphia not that it only affects
1: women hell yeah i live in la <laughs> i have terrible body dysmorphia and it doesn't just affect women it affects men right too. a lot of men yeah do you have body
0: dysmorphia? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I – but I used to be pretty heavy, and then I lost most of it, but I always think of myself as the – the like the fat girl. That's who I was for so long, Um, and I don't see myself clearly at all, and right now with the hormones that I'm on, I feel like I'm like busting out of – you know – on the episode that you were on, we talked about both of us disliking birth control pills. Yes. And I'm essentially on that right now. Um, and the doctors are, will say that it doesn't make you gain weight. It a thousand percent makes you gain weight. It's hormones. Fuck yeah, it does. And as, as you pointed out, it makes you hungry all the time too. So I feel Starving. like I'm like bursting out of my clothes. Um, and I'm hungry and I'm just cranky and blech. Well, you
1: don't look like you're busting oh, out of girl, your clothes stop. at all. Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't think you could, but uh, but I understand what you're saying, and it's terrible. But don't all women have body dysmorphia? I think they do. Like, besides Kim Kardashian, don't you think <laughs> they all have
2: it?
0: Yes. I wonder if she has it too. Actually, you don't think so? She doesn't act like she does, but
1: here mm, I'm going to say I'm torn because. I feel like she does because she posts so much about her body that it's that insecurity posting right. of like validate me, validate me. I'm validating myself. I need validation here. Help me out. I love me. I love me. I love me. I'm gonna fake myself out. No. <laughs> but then I'm like I you have to like some part of your body to just kind of blast it out there over and over right. too because I hate my body. And the last thing I want to do is be like, hey, you guys, here's me naked. Here's the bar. Like, whatever. (laughs) Even when I like my body, it's the last thing I want to do. I'm just kind of, like, stoked and my clothes look a little bit better. But I don't want to fucking tweet or Instagram about it.
0: Yeah. Um, The depression that the dancing is helping you with, is that something you've had your whole life?
1: Yeah. Did we not talk about that last We probably
0: time? talked about it a bit, but I, I can always talk about it more.
1: Oh, I love talking about depression. <laughs> it's my favorite subject. Um, yeah, I have been depressed uh, literally as far back as I can remember, like from... Little, little little child, but like bad, like wanting to die from a very young age, mm. and like all through high school, being very suicidal, like I was a cutter, oh jeez, uh, I was dark, 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 I're naturally blonde for people who don't know, uh, and I am I'm naturally <laughs> blonde for a natural blonde, I was super dark, <laughs> I was, but uh it's something that i i I've come to terms with that I'll deal with for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um luckily I don't deal with it by cutting or doing you know terrible things to my body besides like maybe hooking up with fucking stupid people. But um it's just something I learned to deal with and I go to therapy, you know, and I've tried antidepressants and uh What was your experience with those? Uh I was on Lexapro for a while. I liked Lexapro because it never zombied me out. It Mm. stopped me from being so high, high and so low, low. Because for me, I feel like my problem is that I get really high and then my lows are really, really low. Yeah. And it's like low, low, like can't get out of bed for days, can't stop crying, like just sleep for weeks at a time type of low. And with Lexapro, it was like, it just, I just wouldn't cry. I wouldn't get so bummed out. Mm -hmm. I would get sad, but I wouldn't get so sad to the point to where I couldn't function or that I was like mentally paralyzing myself with negative thoughts. Right. Um, but you're not on it anymore. I'm not on it right now, but I want to get back on it to be honest.
0: Why'd you go off?
1: Because I thought that I was feeling a little bit better, and also I had gotten really sick. Um, I got sick with kidney stones, and I was down for like a month. Literally, I passed like eight or nine kidney oh stones, um, and I just kind of like weaned myself off not really thinking about mm-hmm. it, and then was just like, whatever.
0: Um, I wanna know if you have any theories about like where the depression comes from, but first we gotta talk kidney stones. Because I I wanted to ask you about that because we had emailed about that. Yes. Um, Dude. Kidney stones are
1: supposed to be, I think, like the most pain someone can feel outside of childbirth, right? They say it's worse – I'm sorry, worse than childbirth. I've never had a child, so I don't know. But I am telling you, I gave birth to tiny rocks Mm. that had little – Stickers all over them, oh, and God. points, and pyramids, and really sharp tiny knives sticking out with lit <laughs> cigarettes, and it hurts. <laughs> tiny so. little gang fights. There, yes, there were gang fights in my body. Um, it was the gnarliest thing ever. What is What does it feel like? Is it a like a burning or a sharpness? You know what? For a long time, I thought I had a UTI because it was like a burn sensation Mm -hmm. when I would use the restroom and that's what they were treating me for and it wouldn't go away. And then, well, actually, I was having flank pain. That's what started it. Is that sides of your lower back? Your flank is basically your lower back, but like kind of in the middle of your lower back and your hip. Okay. Right there on each side. So if you grab right here, those yeah. are your flanks. Gotcha. So my right flank was killing me for a few months, but I thought it was ballet. I was like, oh, I'm just bending and stretching and like, <laughs> I'm so flexible. And then, like I said, the burning started and they were like, okay, you do have a UTI tested positive. But when you pass kidney stones, usually you get a UTI because mm. it tears your urethra to pieces. Oh, just shreds it up. Boy. So, I kept getting oh. this reoccurring UTI, and I was in so much pain, though. Like, my flank was so bad. Like, were and you then- afraid to pee?
0: Or was it oh. constant?
1: Oh, no. It was, like, I wasn't just afraid to pee. The flank pain was constant. Mm-hmm. Like, it never went away. But to pee, like, literally, I would scream at the top of my lungs. Like, I would be like, "No!" Nah! Like, oh. I was dreading If I could have just puked out my pee at that time (laughs) instead of pushing it out, I would have done that because it was so (laughs) fucking painful. It feels like someone, like if you um, took a spear and just held it over a flame for a while and then literally just shoved it in your urethra. Oh, boy. Is how it feels. So, then finally, which I don't fucking know why the doctor didn't do this the first three visits. Yeah. She was like. We need an ultrasound because I think you might have kidney stones. So we did an ultrasound uh, and they looked at my kidney and they were like, Your left one's great. Your right one looks like a snow globe. Like, Ugh. you are full of stones. Here's some pain medicine. Like, good luck. Have fun. That's it? That's all they do. Oh. It's so gnarly. And so,
0: so basically, it's just you just wait for them all to pass. You wait they for can't, them to pass. like. Did you remove them or anything?
1: Well, I thought I had one stuck because it was not getting better. Like, they gave me these pain pills. Yikes. They didn't do shit. Um, I was dying every day. And this is, you know, weeks at this point. This was during Christmas, and it lasted all the way until the end of January. Were you dancing through this? this? No, I had to stop dancing because it got so bad. I couldn't even stand up. It was like when you have a kidney stone, you can't stand up straight. Yeah. So... They gave me pain meds and were like, good luck. You're going to pass a lot of them. Like, oh. have fun. And it got so bad where I couldn't stand up. Like, for probably two weeks, I just couldn't stand up. So I ended up at Cedar sinai where they gave me lots of drugs and they did a um, CT scan. Mm-hmm. And I had one. I was passing my last one and it wasn't stuck. But they were like, this is what it is. You're, you have more stones at the top of your kidney. Those are going to sit there for a while. They might come out. They might not. <laughs> But they're there just so you know. They shouldn't hurt you, which any any doctor that tells you that is full of shit because (laughs) you can feel them bouncing around in there. And they're like, but what's going on is that you're so active and you've been laying down for the past week. Your back is having severe muscle spasms. That's part of why you can't stand up. So, like, here's more medication and, like, take it easy and just go for a walk around your block every day. And, like, hopefully your back muscles will get better and you'll pass – that little stone that's stuck in your ureter. Your ureter your, your is the... I didn't even know women have your ureters. Your we have ureters. They go from our kidney and they go down to our bladder. Oh, right. Then the stone will sit in your bladder and bounce around and hurt oh. you really bad in your bladder and then it jumps to your urethra and that's, that's the most painful part. But when it's also in your bladder, it's so gnarly. Like, it was so gnarly, you guys, that... I was peeing and there were like, it looked almost like these weird jellyfish things, like, oh, like these like lines. God. And I was like, that those aren't stones. Like, what the fuck are those? And I looked it up. When you pass a lot of kidney stones... i got to brace myself because I feel like something horrendous is happening. I'm holding the table. Those stones, actually, it's almost like a barnacle. If you imagine a barnacle growing on a rock or a boat. Okay. That's what stones actually do in your kidneys. So what they do is they stick to your kidney wall at first, and then they detach themselves. Mm, And when they detach themselves... They take off tissue. They bring out the tissue with them, and you just... Your tissue passes Uh, along with the... Stones. So I got to see what my kidney tissue looks like. What does it look like? It looks pretty. It was pink and like (laughs) skinny. No, (laughs) it was very thin. It looked almost like tissue paper. Mm. That's nice. Kind of jellyfishy the way it moved. Yeah, like undulating. Yeah, it was pretty. Now. So gnarly. Just a few more questions.
0: How big... so, So the stones
1: you saw in the toilet undulating. I saw... The stones and tissue, but my stones were almost, they were so small that sometimes when I would use the restroom, it just looked like sand. Mm. And they said it's because it will disintegrate sometimes on their way down. Like they'll just start breaking apart. And most of mine like kind of broke apart. Okay. So no temptation to fish them out of the toilet and play with them. Oh, I had temptation all right. I was (laughs) peeing through a filter for a while. Oh, to catch them? Yeah. And then I wasn't catching them because they want them so they can test them and see what they're made of. I see. But what um, are the options of what they could be made of? I can't remember the exact words. There's like oxalate something, which is, well, basically there's minerals. Mm -hmm. They're all made from minerals. That's how every one of them starts. But some of them are acidic. Some of them are pure mineral, and then there's a third one, and I can't remember what the third one is. Cubic zirconium. That's it. (laughs) Diamond.
0: Or (laughs) Tiffany's. Um... So they want to see so that they can maybe help you prevent it in the future? The right. Idea? Well,
1: some people create stones because they're not drinking enough water. Right. Some people create stones because they have too much calcium. That's what I was mm-hmm. looking for, calcium. Um, some people create stones because they're too acidic. There's a million different reasons. And so if they can't figure out what's going on with you, they like to test your stones and say like, okay, you have too much calcium or you need to stop. Drinking whatever the fuck, right? Did they
0: did they figure out what it is with you?
1: Well, after a million doctors, and by the way, I love Cedar Sinai because they're the ones that really like ended up helping Mm -hmm. me out. This is kind of crazy, and I'm telling you this because you're drinking it right now. Oh no! Oh no! Okay, (laughs) you guys, I love sparkling water. I call it Parkle Water, and I love LaCroix. LaCroix is my drink. Or Perrier, whatever. But Mm. I like flavored sparkling water. Well, one of the main questions was, are you drinking sparkling water? Really? And I was like, yeah, I love – that's all I drink. Like, to me, it's water. It's water. It's healthy. And they were like, yeah. The doctor said, when you drink one cup of sparkling water, you need to flush it out with two cups of regular water because the sparkling water is so packed with minerals that if you are not flushing those minerals out, they will just meet up in your kidneys and have a party and be like, girl, come here. You're a mineral, too. I'm a mineral, too. Let's have a party. (laughs) and then they just that is how girl minerals are yes they're so catty (laughs) and um and then they just hang out and ruin your life after that this is all i drink i've that's all i used to drink too and i can't touch it anymore it looks good i feel like an addict because i'm like damn that sparkle water looks fine water can Mm -hmm. suck a dick that's i don't like regular water you got to. I know. But you
0: know, this is just carbonated. This is not actually mineral water. But is it carbonated with minerals? I think so. Oh,
1: no. Mm.
2: Ryan Sickler from Crab Feast just had kidney stones. And he's a he loves La Croix.
1: See? Tell him. L- the La Croix is creating kidney stones. They're having a, a La Croix party and in I, his kidneys. And
2: I think he switched to that from Diet Coke because somebody said Diet Coke causes kidney stones.
1: Yeah, what do you stones? know about That's- Diet Coke? I know a lot about Diet Coke. I grew up – well, I grew up on regular Coke. I'll be honest. I grew up on Dr. Pepper and, like, Coca-Cola and everything that kills you and gives you that's diabetes. That's what they drink in Victorville, where you're from. That's what we drink in Victorville. That's what you put in our bottles. Duh. Um, I grew up on that shit, but I don't touch it now just because it's it tastes like crap to me. Mm-hmm. But I love sparkling water. Um, but that's what the doctor said. He said, no soda. Like, anything carbonated is bad except – Ready for it? You know what they told me to drink a day? What I want to guess. I'm gonna guess. Okay, I'm um, gonna let you guess. Okay. They told me to drink this a day because there's something in it that breaks up the kidney stones.
0: Kombucha. Ooh, I love <laughs> me some kombucha. I've never I've never had kombucha, but recently I've been curious about it because I know people who like it. And I looked it up last night and what I read is that it tastes like vinegar. Is that true?
1: I like vinegar, but it's, some of it does. There's one kombucha that's really good that's a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to bring you one because they're hard to find. But I like kombucha, but I like vinegar, too. I don't I think do it tastes t- like vinegar, though. But I don't
0: think I would want to drink it as a refreshing drink. Maybe I would. I you might
1: if you like sparkling water the way you do. Because it's it's not carbonated, but kombucha, I don't know. It's, it's like it's, effervescent,
0: yeah. according to Wikipedia. <laughs> there you go. So wait, okay, I give up. What, Jeff, do you want to guess what they told her to drink? Did you
1: look it up?
2: I didn't. Uh, Drambuie.
1: Yeah. What <laughs> is that? A real drink? It yeah. is. It's a hard alcohol. Oh shit! See, I don't drink much alcohol. All right, you guys, ready for is this it?
2: Just the funniest name I could think of. Off the Wait,
1: top now of the- I still want to guess. Okay, keep guessing.
2: Is it a common? Is it a commonly known drink?
0: Absolutely. Okay. And this is, but l- let me remember how we got to this point in our lives. You said they said to stay away from carbonated drinks, except surprisingly. Drink a glass a day of Alka-Seltzer.
1: No. (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's see. So it's carbonated. It's It's carbonated. Do you want me to give you a little hint? Should I give you a little hint of like where it falls under? Like if it's dairy, if it's this, this might give it away though. Buttermilk. (laughs) It's not dairy. Oh, I'll tell you that. It's not dairy.
0: Okay. It's not dairy. It's a carbonated drink. Or it's in the carbonated realm. It's not dairy. It's not it's, dairy. It's not soda. It's not. It's not sparkling water. Definitely not sparkling water. Perrier. No, no that's, that's sparkling that's, water. That is mineral. Spark- kidney mineral. stone maker. Mm. That's kidney stone alley. That's, that's um Fancy the slogan. <laughs> yeah, very expensive. Perrier, the kidney stone maker. Yes. Okay. Very what boy? Boy. Oh boy! This one's hard. What could it be? Um, I don't I, I don't want to ask for a hint because I want the audience to be guessing as well. However, is it in a in the category of fruit juice? No. It's not fruit juice.
1: Although cranberry juice is great for kidney stones just because it coats your kidneys and it coats your urethra and all that and helps it slide through better. Should you can just, call me Dr. Stevie from now on. Should we just give up? Okay. But I'll take the hint. The hint, it's it falls in the family of alcohol.
0: Oh. Mm. Oh, oh,
1: oh, tonic water.
0: No, really? Good not guess tonic so. water. Good quinine. Guess. Something with quinine, not tonic water and not club soda. Not club soda. I'm just thinking of mixers. Um What, champagne? No, but I like champagne. Prosecco. Nope. So something alcoholic that's sparkling. What else is there, Jeff?
2: Um Champagne.
0: <laughs> Close. Okay, we give up. Beer. Oh. oh, fucking beer, you guys. Beer. It's
2: sitting there right in front of us.
0: But it, but yeah, I, I guess it is. It's got a, it's got, is it a carbonated? I, I don't know. It's really carbonated, but it does, but uh, it, it's effervescent. F- it, yeah, it fizzes. Yeah.
1: And gets shitty if you shake it. So that is, that's something that's supposed to help. The doctor said drink a beer a day. It's good for you, whatever kind of beer you want. It helps break up kidney stones. That um apple cider vinegar I've been mm-hmm. drinking. It's nasty, but it'll help break up those kidney stones as well. And you just have to flush it out with water. Like I said, keep drinking those if you want, but just chug some water at night or in the morning. Okay. You know what
2: I else I bet would be good is the brine from my Pennsylvania Dutch pickled egg. Oh recipe. it would.
1: I bet. It's very vinegary. It's it, purple. It's tasty. If it's pickled, it's, it's fermented, mm-hmm. right? Or no? Is it not
2: fermented it's, if it's pickled? It's, it's not fermented, but it has a lot of vinegar in it. So vinegar that would, is good that would break up the stones. Yeah, thank you.
0: I'm just gonna drink you're a welcome. bottle of vinaigrette. There you go, balsamic vinaigrette, <laughs> any any kind. Um, wow. Well, that sounds awful, but I'm glad you're feeling
1: better now. Thank you. No more Sharon stones. No more Emma stones. <laughs> or actually, I do have a few stuck in there, but I'll wait for those to make their hopefully appearance. not Grand.
0: find their way out. Um, Okay, so now let's go back to the other fun topic, which is you've had depression since you were a little kid. Do you feel like it's just a chemical thing?
1: You know what? I do. I feel like – actually, my mom always says it's her fault. She's like, when I was pregnant with you, I was crazy and like I was emotional and her and my dad were going through shit when she was pregnant with me and she always says like, this is my fault. I made you crazy because I was crazy when I was pregnant with you which just sounds terrible. But uh, yeah, just always, I've always suffered with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you suffer from depression?
0: (sighs) You know, I don't think of myself as someone who does. I just think of myself as someone who's like kind of been in a bad mood for the last 15 years. So I would say (laughs) I do. I just – it's not part of how I conceive of myself. That's the weird thing. It's like I had these phases in my life where I really was very even-keeled and happy and <clears throat> I thought – I tend to think that's who I am. But when I look back on it, like those – that the majority of my life wasn't that way and isn't that way. You know, I was very happy in college. Um But I think that I need to accept that maybe that was for sort of special different years as opposed – when I got to college and all of a sudden I was so happy, I was like, this is where my life had been headed the whole time. I just – you know, not like I mentioned ugly duckling all the time, but this is my second ugly duckling reference. Like I just wasn't the right – Orange County wasn't the right fit for me. High school wasn't the right fit for me. Here I am. I'm with my people and this is how the rest of my life is going to be. And then – I was just smacked in the face by real life, it being so not the same, and
1: yeah, after college,
0: yes, okay, yeah, and I felt very not prepared for it, um, and you know, bounced around and like have i I'm in a good place now, but I definitely um I think that I probably do have some kind of low level depression, um my husband Daniel is on selexa i think oh yeah um i think dysthymia was the diagnosis which is like just a kind of constant low-level depression right i I think that's what they said i know that i've heard that term and he thinks that i should like that i would be a candidate for it for it as well given that i'm trying to get pregnant i feel like i don't want to get on something and then get off of it yeah i wouldn't right now but i do wonder if maybe like what if that's The You know, here I am trying all these things to feel better. And what if it's just as simple as taking a pill? I always wonder that.
1: Would you – or I'm sorry. Has he had success with this pill? Like he feels better? Yeah. He feels
0: great. so much better. Yeah. It really has made a huge difference for him.
1: You know, I used to be – because I was never on antidepressants growing up until probably, I don't know, four years ago is when Mm -hmm. I first started them because I was like – those are drugs and like they'll fuck up your brain and like they'll we don't know you, what they're yeah. doing. Yes, yeah, that's, they'll I've change always been that way too. you. And I was kind of against them and I th- always thought of it as like, no, it's going to mess up my chemistry forever. Mm-hmm. And I really, I think a lot of people actually look at look at it like that. And it's really not like that. I think some of us might dump too much of certain chemicals or not enough. right? And um, sometimes it's a hit or miss with medications and not everything works the same for everyone. But I do think that if you find the right one, it does get those levels back in order. And that's really what it's about. Because for me also my depression was bad growing up but i did a lot of drugs in high school Mm -hmm. and i did so much ecstasy that i think i ripped all the serotonin (laughs) out of my brain like i literally think i used up all the serotonin i had because i did so many drugs in high school that that's what's wrong with me as an adult Mm -hmm. is that i have nothing left in my brain because i used it all on drugs a long time ago what drugs did you do in high school I I was really into psychedelics. I just did a lot of acid, a lot of mushrooms, and a lot of ecstasy. I was like a crazy raver kid. Oh, really? Oh, my God. God. I was going to ask,
0: what was your scene in high school? Yeah.
1: Well, it depended when or like what. I would change all of the time, but uh, I was really into going to raves for a while just so I could do drugs. When's the last time you did ecstasy? Oh, in high school. I wouldn't do it now. I just feel like I don't – like I said, my serotonin's so empty that I don't have anything to use anymore. Like, the come down would just be horrific and (laughs) I would end up killing myself probably. Oh,
0: gee. Now, you said that you were suicidal. Did you ever attempt?
1: I did a lot in high school. A lot? A lot. There were like lots of like taking bottles of pills and lots of cutting and like just crazy weird things. Um Which is why I feel not strongly about gun laws, but there are certain things about guns. I hate getting political or talking about shit like this because I'm going to get my ass handed to me on Twitter. But like the gun issue bothers me because if I were 20 years old, um, in my 20s, I was so depressed and going through so much shit in my early 20s because in your early 20s, you're just a mess. Mm -hmm. Like it just sucks. And At that point in life, like if I had gone and bought a gun, I can guarantee I wouldn't be here right now. I can guarantee that there had been so many moments where I would have grabbed that gun Mm -hmm. and used it that I think in order to buy a gun, you should have to go through like a psychological evaluation. Yeah. And your record should be looked at. Like if you've ever been on antidepressants, you shouldn't like I should never be able to buy a gun. I shouldn't. I could go buy one right now, but you shouldn't give me one because who knows where my mind is going to go later in life. Or like if something really shitty happens to me, my brain can't handle certain shit. So
0: do you feel like it's just luck that is the reason that you are still here now? Or do you think that you weren't like, were your attempts as the cliche, but cries for
1: help? You know, I think some of them were, um, and also just to see what would happen almost. And like not even cries for help for from anyone. It was mm-hmm. just like cries of help. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. I was so young and like just lost that my thought was like, I'm just a burden and this sucks and it would just be so much easier to not go through it all.
0: Right. You felt like um, you were a burden to who?
1: To my family, I was a bad kid. I was always in trouble. I was doing bad shit. I was just miserable, mm-hmm. and I just felt like my parents hate me like I am the worst child ever so you had a lot of guilt, yes, lots of guilt i I actually still feel a little bit like that sometimes like i 'm like sometimes i could i feel like a burden to people um or to my family uh and not even so much a burden i guess just more of guilt like uh you guys believe in me and like i'm not even doing anything cool you know what i mean <laughs> hello like, <you> ballet gu- <laughs> hello this podcast uh but yes. i'm like no you guys think like you guys believe in me and support me because my family is so supportive and they're so cool and they're so loving and i'm like Ugh, i would just let you guys down cuz i'm just this depressed mess that just wants to go to ballet and then go back to sleep. Well, I definitely relate to that idea of
0: there's nothing wrong with my life. Like I'm a very fortunate, lucky person. Especially when you really step back and go, I could be homeless in a third world country. I could have a, you know a terminal illness. Like yep. there's nothing wrong, but I can't appreciate it because I am depressed. Like I, I and and then that adds an l- extra layer of depression. Yes. Cuz yes. you feel like you shouldn't be feeling it.
1: Yes. I actually um last June I lost a friend who was 25 years old. Unfortunately, we lost her to lymphoma, mm. which is devastating to lose someone who is 25 years old that you have watched like grow into an amazing woman. And then watch cancer like take their life away. And it was so gnarly and hard. And it made me so depressed. And I was so mad at myself because what I should be feeling is like, God, I'm so lucky to be alive. Like I should go out there and just fuck life and like (laughs) have lots of sex with it and like make babies and just love it for all that it is and be happy. And I could not do that. I felt survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, it should have been me i'm the sad one like i'm the one that doesn't even appreciate or like enjoy anything i should have gone through that why why did she have to go and it just ate at me i mean still till this day it's just like fuck. that's a part of me feels that way of like why why her not me like she actually deserved life she loved life and why i still feel that way Mm -hmm. kind of you know i don't feel like wow I should enjoy this because I'm not sick and cancer isn't eating away my body in front of my whole family. But no, my brain is so fucked up and selfish and weird and like LA-ish that (laughs) it's all about me all the time. Well, I don't, I know what you mean
0: though, that sense of like, I just got a taste of the transience of things. So that should give me this renewed vigor to just squeeze every, you know, every bit of everything out of life. I don't know if people really react that way though, or if we just think they should. I remember my dad had a heart attack many years ago um, and it seemed very touch and go and he survived, thankfully. But afterwards, he was depressed for a while. And I remember, because I was, I was young enough that I didn't really understand and I felt like you should just be so elated that you didn't die. But instead, he was just depressed that he went through it, (laughs) which makes sense now. Because I think, you know, that's just a reaction – like, a reaction to trauma is depression often. Absolutely. So,
1: yeah. Well, even probably thinking, like, what did I do to my body that it just basically tried to kill me? Yes. Like, what did I do wrong? That's – even when I had kidney stones, I was like, what did I do to myself? How come I wasn't paying attention? Mm. Why This is all my fault. But I also – I love talking about depression. I was just talking about it earlier in ballet today because I think that it's important to talk about it and be open about it. And I've been very open about it lately because when I talk about depression, people immediately, I'm sorry, immediately go, you're depressed. You have nothing to be depressed about. You're pretty. I'm like you've done things. Why are you depressed? And it's like, no, 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 it's my brain. It yeah, it doesn't work that way. And then another beautiful girl will say, I'm depressed too. I didn't think you were depressed. And then this one talks about and this one. And you kind of like are like, oh, we're all miserable here. This is very interesting. But I think that people automatically assume if you have any success, mm-hmm. if you're smart, if you've had any luck in life, or if you're attractive – depression can't touch you. Right. And I think that uh, that's a load of shit. (laughs) It really is. And then, well,
0: then I begin to wonder, is that just the human condition to be depressed? Because that's depressing.
1: I think so. But then there are very few people I know, but I do know them who are very positive Mm -hmm. and just where I have opened up to them and said, yeah, I deal with depression, this or that. And they're like, Oh, I, I've never had I depression. I don't understand. I mean, I under Me I, I hear the words, but like I can't even. I can't either. And I'm like, you've
0: never? Ever? Are they this is gonna sound a little judgmental? Are they deep thinkers?
1: Mm, this one one in particular that I'm thinking about, she's not so much of a deep thinker, but she's very successful. Mm-hmm. But she is an athlete. Hmm. Okay. Which confused me even more where I was like, what? But like you're (laughs) competitive and you compete and like uh, competition actually makes me depressed. I don't like competition at all. Uh, I hate it. I like it when I'm doing well at it. I like competition (laughs) at certain things like uh, a game of Monopoly, but like I'm not a competitive dancer or actress or anything fucking weird like that. So how
0: so – you mentioned that you'll go through phases um, where you just want to stay in bed for weeks or you're crying a lot. How how does that intersect with being in this industry? Like in the midst oh. of that, if you have a meeting or an audition or what do you do?
1: Oh, I hate it because it's pretty much every audition or meeting or every little thing uh, that I'm like, no, and have to drag myself to. That's why ballet – has helped me because it would get me up in the morning and kind of get my blood going. Mm -hmm. And then I was in life as opposed to like hiding from life and being able to stay away from life. I was like, fuck it. I'm already in it. I might as well just finish the rest of my day. But it's hard. That affects me a lot. Auditions used to be a nightmare. Like it's pilot season right now. So I'm auditioning every day mm-hmm. and I've come to terms with it. But this is the first pilot season where I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown before every audition because it's – you're basically just going into um, a job interview or multiple job interviews a day and you don't get any job at all and then you get to find out who got your job and then you get to see them plastered on a billboard like hey i got your job bitch look at me (laughs) look at i'm making so much money right now and so i think that's the side of acting that people really don't think about yeah and most or usually in life you don't know who got your job like you'll never find out. And you don't have to see them plastered across the magazine cover talking about how Mm -hmm. they got your job or whatever it is. And so that can be – you know, that's a little depressing. But I think also there's just depressing things that happen to you mostly as a woman um, in acting that I feel like is really hard sometimes and makes you not want to get out of bed. Um, Like what? um, I was actually thinking about this recently and I was like, fuck, if this was now, I would just... You know when you think of something great to say after someone has said it? (laughs) I had that moment today, but this was like four years ago. And I was like, (laughs) damn it, why would I just remember that and think of a good comeback? But I actually had an agent. He was my agent years ago. I'm not going to say any names or where, but it was a very prestigious agency. And he actually told me that if I would pull my boobs out, and show some cleavage that I would probably get some jobs and I would work a lot more if I was a little sexier. Ouch. And at that time, I was like, this was before I had had done Stevie TV and like really work worked or was a working actor. And I was just kind of like, okay. And I, I guess when you're figuring things out in the business still, you're very vulnerable and you're very like, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Impressionable. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, okay. And I would never do that because I'm not that. And did I go home and find a push-up bra and try it out? No. But it was very – it was just a moment for me where I was like, fuck. And that was a day where I went home and it kind of broke my heart in a way where I was like, it's going to be a lot harder for me because I'm not that girl. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not someone that's going to go and get my ass blown up to a ginormous size that doesn't look normal. I'm not that girl that's gonna go and have big giant titties and, you know, have them pushed up to my neck in every meeting that I go to, which it's fine if you wanna do that. Like I'll stare at your titties all day if you have them out. But for (laughs) me personally, it's just not that's not my best assets. Like, or I don't want those to be my best assets. Um and like I said, it was that moment where I felt like this is gonna be a lot harder for me. I think if you're a hoe, life is a lot easier. And I'm not saying every girl that shows cleavage is a hoe, but I think if you're willing to hoe yourself out, yeah. it, it just makes it's, – it's a much easier road. Um, And that's what I struggle with a lot. See, that's
0: good though that even back then you knew who you were.
1: Oh, I, I feel like I knew who I was at like five. <laughs> that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. I feel like I
0: – am so I want to please so bad that I'll just be if someone had given me the boob comment I would have been like I don't I don't know where to go from here like I don't even know how to be that girl that's so not who I am but um I always feel like I will take like anyone can say anything and I'm like oh maybe I should
1: maybe I should be doing that you
0: know I don't know I feel like less so as I get older but that's something I
1: struggle with now I think as a girl or as a woman that's kind of our instinct for yes. certain things, yeah. Because I do that a lot as well. Like, don't get me wrong; the thought didn't cross my mind when he said that. But also, it, it, it's just fucking sad. Or like, I, uh, you know, on a another project that I was working on, uh, the showrunner like had like literally in a photo like like pushed his wiener onto me in a very Ew. like nasty way yeah what's the not nasty way i mean <laughs> y- right i mean maybe like bumping into someone actually smashing your wiener into them but this was like a very like sexual like grind and it made me feel so bad and i told some people about it and they were like well just wait because we don't know what's happening with this project yet and it's just... What does things- that... Wait, what does that mean? Like, just wait, don't like, press charges yet? Yeah, like, don't say anything. Just don't file sexual harassment yet, because mm-hmm. we got to see if this... Let's see how much money you could possibly make. Right. And it's... And that was, you know, a few years ago. And um, by the way, that wasn't on my show or anything, just so everyone knows. um, It's... And that happens a lot. You know, I, I think for most women in the industry, there's a lot of awkward moments like that. Um, and I'm not married. I don't have a ring on my finger that tells people, get the fuck away from me right. or just don't even try it where I think men are like, hey, she's young. She's available. She's an actress. Actresses are hoes. Let's see what's up. <laughs> um, but it's stuff like that that's, that hits me really hard. Like that, even just the the wiener touch was like... that's was a lot. Oh, dude, it killed me. Like, it killed... Like, I was crying every day for a while because I was like... Did you feel violated? It wasn't even so much... I mean, I felt... Uh, of course, you feel violated because you don't want to feel someone's wiener that you don't ask to feel. <laughs> but I just felt almost like some... I think this business in particular will put your... Your morals and your values, other people will put your morals and values on the line just for a paycheck. And Mm -hmm. it's really fucked up and sad. And not everyone is like that in this business. But when it does happen to you, it's scary because not everyone's on your side. Everyone's getting paid. So no No, one very few people actually are on your side. And it's not that they're against you either. They're just on their own side. Exactly. No one's against you. No (laughs) one's on your side. It's just no one wants to be involved. No one wants to lose their job. At the end of the day, everyone wants to keep their jobs, and I understand that, but how do you balance that as as a woman, you know? Someone who talks about it a lot actually is – oh, no, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, She was married to Robert Rodriguez, or were they married? I don't know. Rose McGowan? Rose McGowan. Yeah. She talks a lot about this lately, and I really uh, love her and respect her for it because – You know, sexual harassment's a big issue in this industry, I think.
0: Jeff and I were recently talking, not in regards to sexual harassment, but this thing in this town of people not wanting to, well, no, not wanting to rock the boat, but the way they say it is...
2: They say, you don't want to burn bridges.
0: Right. Yes. You don't want to burn bridges, which doesn't mean... Don't be a bad person. You don't want to burn bridges. Right. It means if someone fucks you over, you should just take it. Because exactly. To stand up for yourself would be to burn a bridge, and that is so fucked up. Right. But it's- there's this pervasive, never rocking the boat, never burning bridges, never standing up for yourself. If it could create a kerfuffle, you know. I mean, and no matter what in this town, there's always people above you. So I guess when you become a studio head, then you can burn a bridge. I don't know.
2: Right, it's such a one-way street. Why? I sort of get the idea of th- the nice version of that is be nice to everybody because somebody might be somebody that could help you someday. I mean, that's actually not that nice. That's kind of self-absorbed and sounds Machiavellian. Better, but
0: right, it sounds magnanimous. But yeah, it's
2: a little more positive. Treat
0: everyone with respect. Right,
2: but it only. It's only used in context of not holding somebody accountable for having treated you like crap or screwed you over.
1: Exactly.
2: Why doesn't Why does it not burn a bridge count as? Why don't you not be an asshole to that PA or to your assistant?
1: Exactly. That's
2: burning a bridge.
1: Exactly. And why does everyone get to burn my bridge? Yeah. Right. You know, know. And there are so
0: many people who everyone knows are just total assholes. And then, and people will will quietly talk about what assholes they are. But people, no one wants to publicly ever yes. call someone an asshole.
1: Yes, that's so LA ish. Yeah,
2: it's so enabling too. It really is because it's, you essentially know you're never going to get publicly held accountable for being a turd.
1: Exactly, and you'll just be successful, and you'll keep on stepping on everybody and and just being a jerk. Yeah. It, it is very much like that in this industry, but I so do not give a fuck that I will torch and burn any bridge that violates me or bothers me that I really don't care about burning bridges. Like, That's give so me, good. Give me a can of gas and a fucking match. Like I'll burn them all. Have you always been that way? Yeah. I mean, I, I get better with age, actually, because mm. I used to be way worse. Like, anytime anyone hurt me before or just said something terrible, I was like, fuck you, blocking you, never hear from me again, no matter who you were.
0: Oh, so what was it that you wish you had said to your agent, though?
1: I would have said, if you – or no, what did he say? Um, if you would pull out your boobs and, and show some cleavage and dress a little sexier – I would say, if you would pull out your boobs and show a little cleavage and dress a little sexier, maybe you'd get me some more jobs. He was just an <laughs> asshole. That's what I should have said to him. Yep. But you know what ended up happening with him? You guys might be able to Google this and figure out who it was. Oh, I can't he wait. He ended up, or maybe you already know, he ended up, he was married, this agent. He ended up hooking up with one of his clients, getting her pregnant. Mm. And then bailing out, she told his wife, his wife left him, and I don't think he's an agent anymore, and he refuses to take care of this baby, and this girl was like an internet sensation Mm -hmm. or whatever at the time, and she had posted it all over the internet, and it was very interesting. Wow. I don't know who this is, but I'm going to have to find out after
0: the show. Yeah. Jeff, I feel like is probably finding out right now.
2: Oh, no. I'm looking up ballet terms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're French. They're all Frenchy. So when we last talked, you had just moved in with your boyfriend. Oh, yeah.
1: How, 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 what happened? You know what? I'm not even, my love life is in such a mess right now that I can't even talk about it. Like I've literally agreed to a therapist to be, until I figure out a couple things, I can't talk about it only because I, I will hurt someone's feelings. Okay. That's all. That those
0: are noble reasons to not talk about things then.
1: But if you have me back um, in a few months, I'll blab the fuck away about it. Okay. But it's literally just – So things are uncertain. Things are uncertain, unstable, and just a fucking mess, dude. I just – I genuinely feel like I'll probably be miserable in my love life forever. It's very hard to date and to be in a relationship in L.A. Mm Mm-hmm like it's it's very hard. So what your therapist you agreed to not talk about it on podcasts? Just talk about it at home, like publicly just with this person and things until things settle a little bit. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Um you used to deal with
1: being codependent. Oh yeah. You, where are you with all that now? I'm so much better. Uh, I'm still not codependent. Thank God. I was very, very codependent. Um, But now I'm not. In fact, I had realized something in therapy. I was told that I'm very controlling by your th- – by who? By my therapist. And that my bottom line in life, actually this was in couples therapy because I mm-hmm. was going to couples therapy for a while. My bottom line in life, she said, was control. And it's simply because I work in an industry where I don't have any control and the right. control always lies in the hands of others. So the things that I can control in my life, I've become very controlling over. And when I had that realization, like I've never been told that before. And when I started thinking about it, I was like, holy shit, I'm controlling. I can't, I'm not going to be controlling anymore. And it changed my life. It changed my life. This is like two months ago. (laughs) But it freed me in a way from so many things that were killing me Mm -hmm. and that I was just holding on to and literally reliving every single day. Like these traumas that I was just reliving and reliving. And then I realized that's me trying to control those emotions on or over those specific traumas yeah like that should happen there's nothing i can do about it now i have to just fucking learn to move on and no matter what i do or say or no matter how tight i think of a hold i have on something it doesn't matter because it, it's not under my control or when i say something i mean a relationship um and it changed my life i was like oh my god That's great. I am controlling. And I feel so much better having that realization because it makes you instantly not want to control anything. Mm -hmm. Does any of that make sense? It
0: does. It does. Um, My brain flashed to losing a dog tragically because I know that you – we had talked about that and you lost pie. Um, Yes. Is that one of these things though? Because I find I still – have like bad days where where that's concerned where I start you know thinking about everything all over again and replaying things and thinking just feeling in general like all of that wasn't supposed to happen and that was all fucked and I'm so I'm pissed at this and this and yeah I just I like I can really go down the rabbit hole with that one. I know though that like serenity comes from accepting reality on reality's terms and even If you even going further, which this is like a step too far for me, but thinking that like maybe not not everything happens for a reason, but yeah, I guess like everything happens for a reason. And I don't believe that because I believe, no, life is like pretty occasionally random and cruel. Oh, yeah. yeah. But no one is spared from that. But that's just how it works. But I was thinking, what if... Instead of doing this thing where I just try to change everything in my head, if I just accept that that is exactly the way it happened and that was exactly
1: the way it was supposed to happen, and then I'm like, fuck that. I can't. You know what? I think it's different with death because, yes, I had a terrible tragedy with my old dog and... Tell, if I think about it till this day, like even right now, it's just, ugh, it's yeah. like, it's hard to accept. Yeah. When it's, it's the deepest, yeah. like, hurt ever, like, fuck, it like kills my soul to think about it. Yeah. And it's not so much control over that because no matter what, every time I think about him or that dog, like, my heart cries. Like, it just makes my heart break. Um, and I, do the same thing till this day like where I relive that and I'm like if I would have just fucking done that I don't get so upset over it or Mm -hmm. mad at myself anymore but my control was stemming from more of like um, me getting very depressed like I said over auditioning Mm -hmm. that's out of my control why the fuck do I care that's I'm not the casting director that's not my work so don't care Um, there was a betrayal that I had gone through in my relationship that really fucked me up, and it was reliving that as well. And once I realized that there were stupid things that I was doing in response to reliving that every day, because I felt like it was controlling that situation. Um, for an example, uh, after this betrayal, I was very crazy. I don't use Facebook, but my boy, my boyfriend at the time, did, and I was psycho over Facebook after that. But because I was like, I can't trust you. I have to check Facebook. And my therapist was like, yeah, you're controlling. You're being very controlling. And then I was like, oh, I haven't even been on Facebook since. Like, I don't give a fuck about Facebook. I hope it dies. I don't care about (laughs) Facebook. Like, I have no – I don't want to check that person's Facebook. Yeah, I don't even want to know anything. Like, I just don't care because I had realized I was being a controlling freak. Like trying to monitor everything. Exactly. Like micromanage life. Right. I will feel
0: a sense of calm when I – because I do a thing where I want to know – what bad thing could happen and i want to know ahead of time and i want to think about it all because somehow in thinking about it it won't hurt if it happens which is total bullshit because it will hurt
1: (laughs) or you're preparing yourself for it in some way except
0: that i think that that's also it doesn't really work it's just that having been blindsided by life a few times like i don't ever want that to happen again yes but when it when it's career stuff I want to like s- – I want to see the rejection coming way ahead of time. And like right now I'm I'm waiting to find out about something and um I want to pin the person that believes in it down and be like, what are the chances this bad thing is going to happen? And then I realized how about just if the bad thing happens, which is not even – not even bad. All it would mean is like people weren't interested in this thing and that's fine. You have uh, other things. But like – why not just find out if it happens as opposed to trying to find out? It. Like, the truth is, you can always get it. There's always a potential for rejection. That is the truth. Just accept that. But there's
1: always potential for not being rejected right. and for accepting. But instead, well. I'm like wanting to like read the tea leaves I'm the same exact way. This is something I work on in therapy because I'm like that. And I'm also a pessimist in the sense where, like you said, I will peg down that person that believes in it. And I'm like, why do you believe in this? Right. There's Let me like, convince you not to. Exactly. Be with me in this. Be- let's manifest yeah. terrible things together. Um, <laughs> right. But my therapist always says, well, what if it went well? but what if the better thing happened? Like, but what if this happened instead? How about this one time you look at it this way instead just for this one thing and try it out? And I'm always like, God, I hate that, but I'll do it. Like maybe this one thing that you're waiting on, you should just look at it in the other way than you usually do look at it.
0: I know. It just – and then I think like, well, what do I get out of being this way? Because – what if I was just kinder to myself and, and gentler? It's a coping mechanism. Yeah, it is. a coping mechanism. It feels irresponsible to be positive.
1: I completely agree. And it also is a defense mechanism mm-hmm. because you're protecting yourself. Yes. You're protecting yourself from being hurt. Because I'm like that too. After so much rejection, I'm just like – I will never be accepted. Let's be honest. Like I was born to just be a reject my whole life. Literally, I'm I'm just rejected every day of right, my life. Right. There's just something about me that is unacceptable. Right. And it's like, no, but that's just, that's what it's I signed numbers. up for. Yeah. Literally, it's actually what I signed <laughs> up for, unfortunately. But I have to not look at it like that, even though I do anyways. But even then, I think after, after, um, so much rejection you just start to be like whatever Mm -hmm. like fuck it i don't know which is probably why i like ballet because i've been so rejected that being humiliated in a ballet class where like i am just terrible and there's beautiful (laughs) graceful women in there it's like oh this is nothing I've just been humiliated for the past 10 years in this business, so ballet is nothing. So have you been mostly going out for acting roles? Yeah, I've just been going out all for um, just all the comedy pilots that are getting picked up or that have been picked up, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, but pilot season is just so gnarly. I mean, you just go – every room that you go into, it's a room full of girls that look exactly like you <laughs> but way better looking and, like, way skinnier and way taller and, like, with nicer clothes and nicer cars and, like, it's, it's weird.
0: I had that experience once in New York at an audition. I walked into a room and I was like, oh, I'm a type and and we're and today's the day that we're all here and that's weird. Um what type like when you walk into the room
1: and you see all of you what what is what is it that you're seeing it's always um in fact you would i feel like you're pro- we're probably the same type because it's always dark hair light skin or pale skin um and it depends what the role is because you dress for what mm-hmm. you're going in for if it's like the But you're not supposed to dress too much like what you're going in no, for, right? Not too, not like, costumey. No, you don't want to go in, in a full-on cowboy outfit, <laughs> but you might not want to shave that day. You know what I mean? So it depends, but like... Uh, if you're a dude? Yeah, if you're a guy. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, for men, not <laughs> for me. Although you never know, <laughs> Allison. You never know. Um, but uh, like f- if it's the girlfriend role, I feel like I get a lot of the girlfriend or like the hot girlfriend. All the girls are in there with their hair done in high heels, tight clothes. We all have, like I said, the same color hair, Mm -hmm. same color skin. And you're like, we could all be related. We all look like sisters. Mm -hmm. I think my type is just, um, I don't know, girl, light skin, girl with dark hair. But I get weird stuff because sometimes they're like Hispanic. So sometimes they get Hispanic things. Sometimes they get white girl things. I don't know. Hmm. Uh,
0: Last time we talked, you were a big fan of hypnotherapy.
1: Oh yeah, I still still love it. I do. I actually haven't done it in a while, but I'm still all for hypnotherapy. I'm actually going to go Monday for hypnotherapy. I I ended up doing (gasps) it a few times. No way. Yes, I did.
0: Um, because I had what you had said about it always stayed with me, and then another friend talked about it, and then you know, Michael Showalter.
1: I know of him. I had him, him on the
0: show and he I always knew him as someone who smoked. Like he always 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 smoked. Uh and he said that he quit and it wasn't even hard. He just was hypnotized. And I wow. was like, I've got to try this thing that everyone's That's so talking cool. about. Yeah. So I did. I don't I did a few sessions. Um and the funny thing is like it in a lot of ways felt I felt like I was treating it like regular therapy because we'd start with just talking and right. I feel like I'm just talking to a therapist, you know, and then there'd be a, a hypnosis at the end. That's what um, I do. I went for food issues because I have like, I eat in the middle of the night. Um, and it's been something that I've been doing. I don't know how much I've specifically talked about it on this show. Like there's a lot of shame around it. Is this it. like
1: getting up in the middle of the night and like eating yeah. from sleeping? Yeah. I d- I've I- done it where in the morning
0: I'll be like, Oh, I didn't know I did that. And, but also, more often, it's just I, I'm a very light sleeper and I'll just wake up and I'm like, I, but because I'm, because it's still the middle of the night, like I don't have the resolve that I would have in the day. But most of the time, what I eat in the middle of the night is like cauliflower or sugar free jello. Or, I mean, that's kind of the crazy things. It's like, it's the You're same a healthy night. Yeah. Even. It's the same, like, controlled diet food is in the day but why the fuck is it happening at three in the morning four in the morning five in the morning um it doesn't make sense to me so i went to try to get help with that um that part didn't work but then i was like while i'm here let's talk about some grief and anger stuff and that made a huge (gasps) huge difference that's specifically with the grief yes um So I feel like I got so much out of that.
1: I agree. It helped me tremendously with uh, grief, anger, depression, Mm -hmm. uh, so much. Um, But for your night eating, I have to tell you, I do something very similar. However, I'm a major stoner. So this very well could be due to my THC at <laughs> night. But, like, I woke up this morning and I thought everything was cool and I went into the kitchen and I had realized that in the middle of the night – I don't even remember doing it, though, is the problem. Uh, I got up and made chips – or I'm sorry, nachos and salsa and there was a fucking huge mess and an open bag of chips and a full thing of salsa out and I was like, oh, I have – a a very tiny tiny memory of it like getting up and thinking that i was hungry but i don't remember destroying the kitchen and like eating (laughs) all of this shit and i do this a lot like i wake up in bed with food stuck on my body that i've brought to bed and laid on and but like i said for me i think it's munchies in the middle of the night but i've been doing that forever how do you are you cool are you okay
0: with it because for me i'm just like why? <laughs> I just don't understand why. And then I had this, I think, did I just talk about this on the show? I think I, I think I talked about this on another show. Um, this realization of like, oh, the reason most other people aren't eating in the middle of the night is because they're asleep. They're unplugged. Like that they're worked. disconnected. Yeah. For me, it's just here's more hours of twiddling my thumbs <laughs> of and like. awake. Yeah. How, do you think you're hungry? Are you going to bed starving? You know, people have brought that up to me. That like maybe you're not eating enough. And I'm not. Maybe you're not eating enough in the day. Except that there have been times that I've definitely eaten enough in the day. And I still do it. It's I don't know. I think it's just a compulsion.
2: In your defense, I'm I'm a very good sleeper. I put a lot of effort into my sleep hygiene, as they mm-hmm. say. Very, this last, very last night. Curds. <laughs> no. But I, I was woken up. I didn't sleep well. I was woken up by my cats. And it was 3 o'clock in the morning. And I woke up. And I was hungry, like a ravenous bear just coming out of hibernation, which I don't usually experience because I'm sleeping through it. Right. But I woke up and I was so hungry. And I thought, because you had just talked about it, I thought, this is verification. Yes, you are hungry if you're up at this time. Right. The only way to get around it is to be asleep. Yeah. I had to eat and I had to tell you about it.
1: <laughs> what did so- you have?
2: Um, I had a banana.
1: Okay. that's not, That doesn't sound like you were starving.
2: I was, but I was trying to pace You're being myself. conscious
1: about yeah. it, I see, I see. But does that mean that we're starving in our sleep? Then we're starving to death at night.
2: Yeah, that's my cause, basically because when I wake up, I'm starving. So,
1: right. well, I mean, they say they
0: that you know what like. There's this whole notion of intermittent fasting, which is a diet where like you don't eat for these hours and then you eat between these hours and then don't eat. Um, and that to – I don't know if this is true or not, but to burn fat, like you need to not eat for a certain amount of hours. So it would make sense that in if that's what's happening in the night
1: that you actually would – your body is hungry. I don't know. You know, you asked me, excuse me, if I feel – how I feel about it when I do get up and eat Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night, and I don't care while I'm doing it, but the next morning when I discover it, I'm very ashamed, Yeah, and I'm very embarrassed, and sometimes I'm like, ew, I don't think I should go to ballet because, like, I'm gross and weird and, like, what the fuck am I doing? Everyone in there is normal, and I'm in here stuffing my face at 4 a.m. Like, what the hell? I have those feelings about it. But, yeah, at the time, though – Totally fine. Yeah. That's why it
0: happens. Yeah. Don't it's care. Just, in the morning, I'm like, how did I lose control like that. That's what it is. It's like in the daytime, I'm very strict about what is acceptable and what isn't. And then in the nighttime, it's like, whoo different person.
1: And you don't take Ambien or any sleeping pills or anything? No, I've started occasionally taking Benadryl. Oh, girl, me too. I'm really? on that Benadryl tip. I got to get
0: back on it because I haven't been sleeping well. And when I first started, I was like, this is a miracle drug.
1: Isn't it addicting and like I think so, probably. awesome? <laughs> hey, it's okay if you have allergies. I have legitimate legit allergies. So at night, I'm like, fuck it, I need a Benadryl. I've been sneezing all day. But <laughs> best sleep of your life. Yes. Oh, also, I tried melatonin. I
0: still take melatonin. I don't know that it's doing anything.
1: You know what's good? At mm. CVS, they have the melatonin gummies, but it's the CVS brand of melatonin gummies that are really, really good. I will try them. They make you tired. They also taste delicious.
0: But, But you are a stoner. Because yeah. I keep thinking maybe pot's
1: the answer, but I, it doesn't keep you asleep Uh put you to sleep. You know what? Um, originally, I used to smoke weed because it would put me to sleep, because I am a natural crackhead, and I don't sleep at all. Like My my brain is just like, no, 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 stay awake. You're going to miss something. You're going to miss something. You're going to miss the most important email of your life, even though you don't even get it, and you've been thinking that for the past 15 years. Um, <laughs> at first, yes. smoking pot made me knock Out. Like, I would sleep so hard, best sleeps of my life. Now I'm very immune to it, and like, it doesn't have the same effects that it used to, but it definitely helps with sleeping. When I do, like, I have a problem with waking up in the middle of the night and being like, bing, awake, awake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if I smoke a bowl or two, it makes me a little drowsier, and then I can kind of zone out and watch a TV show or read a little bit, and then I'll, I'll, it'll make me tired. But I think pot would. Really, really help you. You should try it. I have something on me that, that's an indica strain, and it's pretty good. It's a you brought little, it with you? <laughs> I have it on me. Um, it's called a Cone, mm-hmm. and it's an indica strain. Of, it's my friend's company, actually, and I'll leave it here for you. That way, if you're ever... Interested, you. you can try it. Like I said, it's a little heavier, so be careful. Okay. Um, and if you don't want it, you can give it to anyone else that would like it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, it's also um sour apple flavored, so you oh. can't go wrong. What is
0: it is it in a device that you smoke?
1: No, I'm gonna find it right now and, and I'm gonna show it to you. It's in a little container, um, like a little plastic container. Here we go. Oh fun. This is called a cavi cone. And it's just in this little container, but it's just a joint. Oh. But this weed is dipped in hash oil. So it's a little heavier, but. Like one th- puff? You probably, maybe one or two. Um, and you'll probably pass it smells out. Smells so good, but also, but if you're like, not a drugs. smoker, you know you um should probably do like two or three puffs. Because okay. I feel like one puff doesn't really get people stoned that don't smoke weed. Well, I enough. used to smoke
0: weed, but I mean, it's been years and years, so I'm probably back to like not.
1: Or does it stay in you forever? <laughs> no, it does not stay in you forever. This is great, and this will not fuck with your hormones either. Oh, thank you, thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Uh, there's something Yay. I going to say. There's something I was going to say. We love oh, weed. I know what I was going to say. You said that when, in the middle, of you like, you wake up and it's like, bing, wide awake. Yeah. That's what I think, too. But it turns out that I'm bing, wide awake enough to eat something or sit in front of my computer clicking things or check Twitter or, you know, fuck around on my phone. Like, not wide awake enough to go... Watch a movie or, or drive. clean something, I or see. like if any sort of ta- or do well. I I do feel like I'm like being wide awake enough to send some emails, even though I don't think I should be sending emails. Are
1: your memories of this foggy, or are they very very clear? Like, are they as clear as they are of what you've done throughout the day, or are they like kind of like in and outy? <sighs> They're not as clear as during the day. I know
0: that one night I was going to make, each time I woke up in the night, I was going to make notes of what was going on. Interesting. And it was like um, like Daniel snoring, very agitated. Like, <laughs> I feel anxious. And then the <laughs> next one was like something about Terry Fader and The Bachelor. <laughs> oh. Are you watching
1: The Bachelor? I'm not, but this is like the first season that I'm not watching it. Okay. I watched one episode. Um, I can't remember why I watched it because there was a crazy girl on there, I was told. But after last season, I was like, I'm done. Like, I got really mad about it. I'm like, these are girls competing for a guy. I know. For one guy who sucks, by the way. Like, you don't even know if this guy's cool or not. And it's just kind of sexist and oh, weird. Oh, it very
0: much is an exploitative yeah, but that note was, like, complete gibberish. So I was like, I guess I wasn't as awake as I thought I was. Um, Let's take some questions people sent in over Twitter. Uh-oh. When we ask and send them in, they're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these
1: questions from our fans. Uh-oh. I already know the first question is in me. Who's Stevie Ryan? <laughs> okay Google it by the way Google like why do people even bother asking who's so and so fucking Google it It takes you it'll take you less time to type in my name into Google than it will into Twitter because then you have to say who is Stevie Ryan if you just type in Stevie Ryan it's less characters even into Google so I know get your life people I never enjoy when people write that shit
0: Amber Ray five says, ask
1: her how she feels about prude shaming and tell her I love her. Amber, I love you. Um, you know, I'm just tired of people prude shaming me for not taking my clothes off and for, you know, not wanting to show my body. I'm tired of it. Everybody's talking about body shaming constantly. What about prude shaming? Leave us the fuck alone. Yeah. Not every girl wants to get naked. Not every girl wants to be in a music video bouncing her ass around. (laughs) Not every girl wants to look like there's a small child trapped under her dress. Like, (laughs) just leave me alone and let me be a prude. How do you feel about prude shaming?
0: Well, not every girl wants to wear brightly colored clothing. Let me wear black clothes. Let me not smile all the time. (gasps) Oh, yeah.
1: I hate the Smile. Smile. You're too pretty to not smile.
0: Yeah. Fuck you.
1: So rude. It, I hate it. Jared Huntley says, what's Stevie Ryan's favorite video game? <gasps> Do you know what my favorite video game is? This is probably going to make me sound old. But I've been playing it on Roku lately, and it's motherfucking Tetris tetris is the bomb it's been forever since i played
0: tetris oh, you I think gotta I played play it on it. game boy last time
1: it's so fun you can probably play it on apple tv or whatever you mm-hmm. have but i've been back into it and you can battle people like you do live games and it's side to side and it's so fun did
0: you get into candy crush at all
1: oh i loved candy crush in fact i had to delete it because it was like taking over my life yes i got kind of addicted like i, I
0: I would remember I was looking at my sister and I wanted to just smash her eyes together because they matched. Like sort of and I started just seeing patterns in the world, like <gasps> cars. Yes. You know.
1: Oh my god, the car thing. That's what I do. Yeah. I was do I would like be in traffic and I would start lining cars up in my brain <laughs> yes. of like which ones I could get to disappear and like get further up. Right. What level did you get to? Well,
0: I actually so I've started playing again. Um so I need something to do while I'm on the exercise bike, pretending I'm exercising. That's true. I'm I think I'm On like one seventy one.
1: I'm not that far. Damn, that is far. I think I had only gotten up to like one fifty maybe. Oh well, then. But I was spending mad cash on that game. Oh really? Oh yeah. Buying coins and I don't. I think I've only done that once or twice. See, I was desperate.
0: The great one says, "What time do you typically go to bed and wake up?"
1: Hmm. I guess that depends. You know, lately I've been waking up really early. Like I wake up like between 6 and 8 a.m., mm-hmm. which is terrible. Um, but I try to go to bed as early as possible. Usually I don't fall asleep till like midnight maybe, but I try to get in bed early. Like last night I was in bed at 10 because the People versus OJ was on and – or no, I'm sorry, that was the night before that. And I was in there ready to go for That's People smart. versus OJ. I, I'm not caught up on People versus OJ, but I'm super oh, into it. It's so Yeah. Like Marsha. Oh, you've got to watch. I know it's a real Marsha Clark heavy episode this week, right? No. Did you see her? They did an interview with her on Dateline last week. No. Like
0: Marsha Clark. Now, dude. Did you know that she had. This is this is the biggest takeaway from everything I've read. Her hair is naturally straight. She permed it. That was a perm.
1: I know. No.
0: Yeah. There was a vulture article with her interview.
1: This this is like. This is the news of the year for me right now. Her hair was straight on the Dateline interview, and I was like, oh, so she's been getting those Brazilian yeah. blowouts. I see you, girl. I see you. No, she got it permed back in the day. That was a perm. Crazy, I mean, right? back then they were hot. I think, what was that, 94, 95? Yeah.
0: I think I, I was... feel. I feel like we had moved beyond perms a little bit. Maybe not.
1: But I mean, that tight perm, like the bad when Harry met Sally hair. No, it's Rick James perm. Like, it's... <laughs> it's... it's- It's definitely gnarly perm. This... True. This uh, Dateline interview with her, though, was pretty interesting. All right. Pretty interesting.
0: Jose Maldonado says, Looking back, what, if anything, would you change about your upbringing? Parents too strict or too lenient?
1: Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Um, Mm. My parents... I mean, I grew up with brothers. I was the only girl. So my brothers were – I mean, one of my older brothers kind of raised me, I feel like, or, you know, protected me. Um, I don't know. What would I change? Oh, I know what I would change. We would be rich if I could change anything. We were very poor growing up, and I would have liked us to be rich. Now, too, I would still like to be rich. (laughs) And lastly, Charlie Groth says – or growth –
0: if Stevie Ryan could be any fruit, what fruit would she be? I would be a
1: fine apple. Got <laughs> it, you guys? I do.
0: I got it. Okay, let's do just mirror everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. This is my favorite
1: part of your show. Thank you. I love
0: this part. Scott Hatherly says, prefer when bands come up with cool names like Aerosmith or Pearl Jam rather than just use someone's name like Dave Matthews Band. I don't
1: have a preference. Yeah, I don't really care. I know I'm not a fan of Dave Matthews Band, but I don't
0: care. Yeah. The David Matthews Band. (laughs) Actually, he wrote hashtag David Matthews Band. Okay, so, Stevie, the weirdest thing happened where Uh I'm convinced I said Dave Matthews Band, but I, like, stuttered and it sounded like this. The David Matthews Band. It sounds like I was saying David Matthews Band. I swear I was not saying David Matthews Band,
1: but that's what came out of my mouth. But wait, what is it? The David Matthews Band or David Matthews Band? It's just Dave Matthews Band. Oh, it's just Dave. It's not even David. It's not David. See, I, I don't even know. So I, if I heard that, I would have been like, she said it right. I agree. I say it like that. Don't say it like that. So don't say the <laughs> David Matthews band. Right. It's just
0: Dave Matthews band or the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> Uncle Tuba <Tubatown. laughs> That was Jenna talking about Uncle Tupelo, but she got that name wrong. Tubal Town? Is that what she said? Tubatown. Town. Tuba <laughs> Town. Town. That sounds like a great band. I love that. Mama Say says, the thought of an old man living alone is so much sadder than an old woman living alone.
1: Yes. Why is that? Because I feel like the old woman would have animals around that she would take care of and love, and an old man would just be like, get out of here, I'm miserable. <laughs> right? It-
0: Excuse me. I don't know what just happened. It seems like the old man living alone would be heartbroken and would need someone to take care of him versus the old woman living alone is
1: like, she's fine. I don't know. Yeah, I get – yeah, you're right in the sense – I imagine this with my grandparents. Like, my grandma would probably be like, no, I'm cool. But my grandfather, I would die and be like, I need to take care of you. That's fucked up though. Yeah. That's not fair. No. Because that's, that's probably why men turn into babies when they get sick as well. And like women, we just have to take care of them. Yeah. Sonia says,
0: while watching a recorded show, forget it is recorded and end up sitting through all the commercials.
1: This has happened
0: to me before.
1: This has happened to me before as well, but now I'm such a psycho. I refuse to watch things live on television mm-hmm. and I have to fast forward I actually get I do the opposite now where I'm watching live TV and I think I'm watching a recording and I go to fast forward and then I'm I know like, I hate it no! yeah that yeah that's, that's that's a real heartbreaker okay I have a ridiculous
2: question
0: could sniffing the cavi cone have given me the tiniest
1: bit of uh, anything I wouldn't think so but I wouldn't put it past it just because do you feel a little high? It might just be me. It might be my pheromones. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. I don't feel stony. I just,
0: I'm yawning suddenly. Oh. I'm just wondering. Maybe you're just not getting enough oxygen
1: to your brain. That's
0: what I always say when I yawn because it's not because people are always like, am I boring you? I'm like, no, a thousand percent you're not. I'm just not getting enough oxygen. But I wonder if it's because my brain is filled with pot scent.
1: (laughs) It could be. Maybe your brain is getting tired maybe i'm
0: very suggestible i'm very skeptical but i'm very suggestible that's the weird thing
1: i am too i mean i'm weird in the sense where because i've been drinking beer because my kidney stones but literally after a few sips of beer i'm like i feel this shit like i'm a little buzzed and people are like you're crazy but no i genuinely feel it within a few sips yes
0: i don't i don't drink anymore but i could the weird thing is it takes a lot of drugs for me to feel drugs, mm-hmm. but with alcohol, I was like the most lightweight drinker ever. Me too. I, I will feel two sips of something. I begin me too. to feel my um, brain cells dying in like that fun popping way. I swear to God, I can feel oh, two I sips. don't know
1: what that feel... I want to feel that fun... Just b- like a feel... I just get a feeling in the back of my head. See, I think I've killed out all my brain cells oh. in high school, and so the feeling I get is just that like... Ew, that like... That feeling... I can definitely, I definitely feel two sips of something. Wait, so are you not drinking right now? Because of no, I
0: stopped drinking um, years ago. I don't, I don't use the term sober to describe what I am because I feel like one of these days I might drink again, and also like I didn't work the steps and stuff. Um, but I just felt like it was getting out of hand for me, yeah. um, so I stopped, and my life got better, and I. For a while, would occasionally drink, um, but it's like once I stopped looking at drinking as a way to completely relinquish all judgment, all discrimination, all control, and like woohoo, let's see where I end up in the morning because that was that's what was fun for me. Right, I was not the kind of person who's like I'm going to have wine with dinner. Right, I didn't. You see were drinking point. to get drunk. Yes, right. I was not. So once. I got past that and then I was drinking in like a much more sober way, if that makes sense. I was like, I don't – this is not even fun. I just feel a little like altered and I don't want to. Yeah. So now I don't ever really – and plus it's fattening.
1: I don't ever have the urge to drink anymore. That's the one thing I hate about drinking beer because I am so terrified of my Sharon Stones coming back (laughs) that I do drink a beer a day and I feel – Bloated and nasty. I'm not a drinker at mm. all. I just I can't handle alcohol. Yeah, Mallory
0: says a regional just mirror everyone. I avoid the Grove, Fashion Island, Bellaterra, and the Galleria like the plague from mid-November through early January.
1: You too, all year, girl, all <laughs> year long. What's Bellaterra? I'm not sure what Bellaterra is, but I can see it in my brain for some mm-hmm. reason. Is it a restaurant I, or is it like a, a strip, a strip mall. mall somewhere? I don't
0: know, but I'm going to avoid it. I always forget. I forget that like, oh, these months are going to be terrible at these certain places. And I go and then it's really
1: crowded. And I remember. I feel like the Grove is always terrible. Yeah. Though, and people always want to go there. And I'll go if you really, really want to go. But for the most part, I'm just, oh, I would like to avoid the Grove.
2: Bella Terra is a mall in Huntington Beach.
0: Oh, oh so you should you know about
1: that. Um,
0: I When I was trying to get Wendy more used to people, which, by the way, based on her reaction to you when you walked in, you can tell it didn't work that well. Um, but I was taking her to the Grove before 10 a.m. And it was around Christmas time. And I was surprised. It's very peaceful there that early. Really? It, I think it just fills up very fast.
1: Does it, it have like old people walking there <laughs> in the morning? No, it has
0: um, just sort of sh- just a few people walking around and um, and stores starting to open. Yeah. No, I didn't see any it's, power walkers. It's before the crowd yes. comes in. Sean Daigle says, just me everyone, isn't it weird how hair grows out of your skin? Yes. So yes. gross. It's so strange. If you, if I stare at a hair follicle, it's
1: ick. It's so weird and creepy and gross. Yeah. And like, bodies are weird. Bodies are super weird. And the way that they work, even without us thinking about it, is even yeah. weird.
0: I know. Brent Hudson says, I feel like a complete idiot when I set off my
1: smoke alarm while cooking.
0: I don't know that I feel like an idiot. I just find it very annoying. Shocking.
1: Yeah. And I just hate it because I don't want my neighbors to come over and be like, is everything okay in here? So I'm like, the fanning the thing. I'm just, yeah. I just don't want to disturb anyone. It always feels, I'm always in a panic
0: when I notice a lot of smoke or even steam in the kitchen. I'm like, oh shit, I got to open the windows fast before the smoke alarm goes off. Anxiety. Okay. Okay. TSDCX says... If I come across a juice box or Capri Sun, will one hundred? Uh oh, here we go. Here's another yawn. Oh, well one hundred percent of the time blow into the straw and let the juice kick back into my mouth? Um, I don't ever come across a juice box or Capri Sun.
1: Wait, I'm so confused. So they blow into the and box, s- and then
0: the juice shoots back out. Yeah, I'm surprised by that too. Do you have experience, Jeff?
2: I. Juice boxes are a little after my time.
0: Oh, what did you drink it out of back in the day? The tree? Milk cartons. (laughs) (laughs) Capri Sun. Did you have, is Capri Sun after your time?
2: Yeah, for sure. Do you remember
0: Capri Sun? I know what they are. All the cool kids in school had Capri Sun. Yeah,
1: Capri Sun was the bomb. Drink that came in a pouch. (laughs) It tastes terrible too. Really? I can still like taste the, the Capri Sun taste and ugh.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I've never blown into the straw. Me either, but I know I want to try J Mos and Bobo says while watching TV, I sit like Al Bundy, and there's a picture of al Bundy with his with his hand in the top of his pants it's not it's a it's a not uncomfortable way to sit. I have sat like that
1: before. I was just going to say, I've sat like that plenty of times, even as a woman yeah it's just, just what feels
0: good it just it just feels right. it feels good. Phil Scrogg says, every time I hear that old Dido song on the radio, I expect to hear Eminem start rapping over it. Just reading this puts Dido and Eminem
1: in my head. I was just going to say the one that's, please don't go off wondering why. That one? As as I nah, 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 saw yes. on better nah, on my window. What is there a song I with, I know do. I can't sing at all, by the way, is there a song without Eminem?
0: Yes. There's, like that? Th- 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 that song was initially free of Eminem. <laughs> Didn't know that scene. And then he sampled it, I think. I'm looking at you, Jeff. I could tell that you... This Eminem and Dido are your Capri Sun.
2: Yeah, we're going to call this the Barking Up the Wrong Tree episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I definitely... Yeah. Uh, definitely hear Eminem. Yeah, it came yeah. out without Eminem first. Didn't know that. You guys, if you're going to buy something, Capri Sun, box, the Dido album with or without Eminem... Click through the banner on my website, allisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show. Thank you so much for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of my page. Um, thank you for supporting the sponsors. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also
2: you need these ringtones
0: just go to my website alisonrosen.com and click on the store also t-shirts available in the store bonus episodes stuff like that um, and if you like what you're hearing subscribe itunes.com slash alisonrosen follow me on twitter at alisonrosen follow the show's twitter feed at i I've got videos on youtube youtube.com slash alisonrosen Jeff where should we go for you?
2: I'm docking myself one plug because I screwed up uploading the show last night
0: okay we won't go anywhere for you
2: (laughs) don't go anywhere for me (laughs) not for a week
0: stevie thank you so much for being on the show it was so great i feel like i could talk to you for hours more thank you i feel like i could talk to you
1: forever i will see you in ballet class yeah because you're going and we're gonna port-a-bra our asses off together sorry port-a-bra i was gonna say what is that um a -a port-a-bra is like down and you stretch out i feel like i could do like this, that and like this like yeah could totally do that oh you would you'll love it I'm i know
0: the that. five positions but i don't <gasps> know where your arm because there's arm positions too there's right? arm
1: positions but you know what those don't even matter okay good because i'm not even that far ahead yet and like do the teachers are like don't worry about that work oh, on your feet perfect uh tell everyone where they should go to find you to hell. No, <laughs> uh, you can just find me, find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Stevie Ryan. S-T-E-V-I-E-R-Y-A-N. Perfect.
0: Thank you so much. Thank listeners. you so much. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Love you.
2: Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Sin Rosie